Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Film Yak Podcast. I am John. I'm Kevin. And I'm JR. Today we're talking about my pick, 15 Minutes, directed by John Hersfeld from 2001, starring uh, De Niro, Bobby D, and uh, Eddie B, Edward Burns, and uh, D.A.G., David Allen Greer, and <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, and uh, two, uh, two character actors from the Eastern European countries whose names I don't know. And uh, yeah. Carl Carol Roden and there Oleg Tarkatov. There you go. Thank you. And uh, and uh, lots of other people. Charlie Theron's in there for a second. Kim Cattrall. Mm. Apparently, Anton Ye- Anton Yelchin is in this for like a split second, I guess. But I didn't, kid I didn't in, see him. Kid He's in the, the kid that's. Uh, I didn't yeah. see him. He's the kid through the. Oh, when they cl- crashed through the, they, yeah. the wall. When they crack okay. up on the wall, he's just standing there. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah, there's a fire great role. screaming. <laughs> great role. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, we will talk about... Oh, and Avery Brooks and Vera Hermiga. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about 15 minutes and uh, other things we watched, including, I think, quite a few 2021 releases. I mean, I have at least three to talk about, and I know JR might have a couple. I know he's watched some. I don't know if he's going to talk about them or not. Mm. And uh, of course, none from Kevin. Talk about so. Kevin hates 2021. Am I right, Kev? (laughs) Kevin, did you watch any movies besides Dune? You you guys don't follow my letterbox, do you? I I follow your letterbox because I'm going. I've been on my Criterion challenge. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You've been trying to crush that out. I wish I had time for that. I'm logging so I'm few watching movies a lot more I... stuff on my phone, I can tell you that. You're watching Gross. shit on your phone? That's crap. <laughs> that is fucked. I hear you though, I mean, man. You gotta do sorry, what you gotta do. Sorry, Dennis. Sorry, Lynch. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what I have to deal with. <laughs> Who's Dennis? Denis. Denis. Oh, Claire? Denis. Oh, Denis. <laughs> no, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um I to be fair, I watched fifteen minutes on my iPad, so Okay. I was I was I was out of town, so you know I didn't have a choice. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, mm. sounds good. So uh, let's get started. What did we watch? Who wants to start? Who has the balls uh, to start? Go ahead. I'll go. I'll go ahead and start since uh, you you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, Dune. Um, oh yeah. So the the first thing that I want to talk about with with regard to Dune is that like. You guys referenced a specific scene that I was going to talk about in the last episode, but you didn't like. Okay, so we you guys talked right. about the. <laughs> well, what, what there was a thing that I was genuinely surprised that y'all didn't bring up. So y'all were talking about like the worst line in the movie, and you know, like uh, Arrakis, we need you know sea oh, and air, desert you know, power, like, yeah, yeah, desert power, like, and I mean, okay, like um, Oscar Isaac probably could have delivered that a little bit better, but. That's neither here nor there. The scene where uh, Duncan is running out to save Paul, and he, like, he goes to lock the door, and Timothy Chalamet's, tra- you know, running after him. Duncan, no, Duncan. And then, okay, so when Kynes, they sh- they show Kynes, and like, the door is locked. It's like, no shit. <laughs> 
never would have gotten that if you hadn't pointed it out. I have no memory like, of her saying that. Oh, God. I, I, maybe I, I maybe I I'll have just repressed no. it because it's so fucking awful. I know she's so, the worst part. Like I said that. patronizing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I do, and it's silly, but I don't. I'm I'm just not as anti kinds as as you guys are. <laughs> you know, you guys are just so butthurt that they changed the sex of this character. No, that you just hate her so don't much. Turning into that, give me a break. <laughs> oh no, no, like like this this was one of those like like there there's another there's another instance that I I can't put my finger on right now, but like there were a couple of instances this one included in the movie that were like okay that's just del- that's just blatantly patronizing, like you know oh you know it's one thing like oh these are still suits like because we're in a desert and these you know um, recycle body water so that you can survive, but it's another thing entirely to be like you know the door is locked like yes like <laughs> like it's obvious i'll have it's to rewatch so that obvious. scene i do not remember that i, I mean I, I believe you that it's there but yeah that is uh yeah. that is gross i won't well I won't it's, lie. It, it's also just kind of like a i understand like it's a stupid line delivery in in an exciting moment yeah so i kind of just it, go with the exciting moment and ignore the line I mean, I, it know. is weird though that they spend so little time. Like they're actively not explaining things, which is most fine. of the time. You know, that's good. It, yeah, that's what's good. one of the things that's good about the film is that they're so mm. not concerned with exposition. But then to have a line yeah. like that, it's strange. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I I could go on for a long time about about Dune, but I'll I'll just keep it short and simple. Like that that was just the one thing that like really stuck out like a sore thumb for me but um like uh the thing about dune is it's good every everything everything about it pretty much everybody in it with the exception of a, of a couple of performances everybody's good but there's not there's i didn't see anything in the movie that was great um you know yeah, like Kynes could have could have had a better performance. Uh, the dude who uh, invokes "I'm tall" and wants to kill Paul out of nowhere, like that that guy's uh, that guy's whole arc could have been structured a little better. But like, right. who but, but that's also who? I forget the guy. The guy who challenges Paul to a duel because oh, he embarrassed oh. him. Okay, yeah. the yeah. Fremen. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't. Seems like I should have yeah. caught on to that really quickly. I don't know why that didn't make any sense. Was he tall? Yeah. No, it, the the word is like I'm tall or something. Oh. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It sounds like, like you're I, saying I'm, I'm tall. Yeah, I'm no, tall. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like. I gotta um, get my head in anyway. the game here. Yeah, Jesus, sorry. It's late. Yeah, then. it's late. Well, yeah. it's not late for you. You've but it's and late you've for seen us. it like, <laughs> you've seen it more than I have. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like. It's good, but there's no, there's nothing about it that's great, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and like, um, yeah, I sort of I sort of agree with that. I mean, from a perspective of like, I mean, I had a similar criticism when we talked about it last time, which was that there are no great performances in it. And mm. I mean, the closest you get is like Ferguson. We talked a lot about Rebecca Ferguson and how good she is in it. But um, well, I think I that, think it's I- sorry. Go ahead. I would disagree on Ferguson. Like, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. Like, 
so like the way they explain the Bene Gesserit and the way she acts in the movie, like she's constantly just like, like sniffling and like, you know, like in fear. And it's like, she's worried about her son, man. Yeah, I get it. But like, she's also like, like she's part of an order that's supposed to have like, you know, like they're the female versions of the Mentats. Like they're supposed to have gotten this like, you know, battery of mental training that makes them super tough, super super fierce. And but like, she's but that's the yeah, whole thing, I, right? That they're they're well, super it, fierce. For me, and, it was too much. Like yeah, like you can like express emotion and like sadness without like the sniffles and crying that she seemed to do hmm. so much of. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not, it's a hard disagree over here. I think she's the best All part right. of the movie. But yeah, I mean, you know. To, you know. Sorry. I listened to an interview with uh, Matt Fraction, um, ah. who is a comic book writer who wrote the mm-hmm. Hawkeye uh, comic book that mm. uh, this Hawkeye show is based on. That's the one you're going to go with? You're not going to go with sex criminals? Or did he do? I listened to the interview, but like he was okay, talking right, right, about Hawkeye sorry. because of that. Sorry, uh, I like, okay. I do like that Hawkeye run. I also like Sex Criminals, but um, anyway, th- they they went on like a fifteen minute tangent talking about Dune, and uh, oh. he hates the Dune movie, and he hates Rebecca Ferguson because he watched an interview that she gave where she said she didn't read the book, uh, and oh. so she like doesn't know like all that's gonna happen with her character. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good reason. That's a terrible um, reason. But, uh, oh, you know, I poor think... man. I think <laughs> there are people like Matt Fraction and people like you, Kevin, who are just looking for reasons <laughs> to hate Rebecca Ferguson, who is lovely. She's amazing. Or there are people like <laughs> you she sniffles more than love you. Ev- love everything she does. I did not... question. I did not love Reminiscence. <laughs> which I is sort of... <laughs> hey, you said you didn't love Reminiscence. You didn't say I didn't oh. love her in Reminiscence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say think it, they Jared. should recast. They should recast everyone in that movie besides her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate her performance. It was just too like this. Like I said, the sniffling was just too much for me. I think that the um, like what you said, going back to the, the <clears throat> that original criticism of like, there's nothing great about the film. I think it's mm. the only, the things that are great about it are how it handles its source material, like how it translates the stuff that is mm. uh you know that was thought to be un- untranslatable into something yeah. that's good you know like it's actually like watchable it's really good and uh that's impressive yeah. but i agree there's no like amazing set piece where you're like wow that shit ruled or you know like, right yeah which is unfortunate but i mean i think yeah, I mean, maybe I, in the second film maybe you know <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like know. having seen having seen the Lynch version and having seen the sci-fi miniseries, and also seeing uh, Children of Dune, the sci-fi miniseries. Like this is this is for sure the most cohesive, the most solid of I all. Think the, you know, of the all scene, of the adaptations. The scene where they kill, where she kills the, uh, where she uses the voice to have the guys kill each other in the helicopter and they yeah. scare the adopter. That's a good scene. That's a great. I would say that's verging on a great set piece. I mean, perhaps it's difficult to. Uh, I, I don't know if if I watched it again, I would you know, probably you know I might might think differently. But just the yeah. the one time that I watched it, you know, a month ago, 
you know, th- these are these are the things that I'm still remembering. So. Right. I mean, when I I'm going to pick it up on 4K and rewatch it. So. <laughs> All right. We'll see. And yeah, uh, John, I'm with you. Like, I I will watch it when it comes out, but I am not like frothing at the mouth for for part two. Like, yeah. Like that 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 dude who uh, is on your facebook i think you said who's like oh seen yeah it like he at bought the time of the recording he had seen it like nine times he's i think it was now, like a, he topped out at like 11 and he he's bought a, a six different variants of the blu-ray now steel books regular format six of them wow you know for warner a company that really wanted to get out of the physical media business apparently <laughs> uh putting out a, putting out a lot of different physical yeah. media versions for this aren't they Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I thought 4K oh, was dead for yeah. sure when Disney said they were out, but it's it's thriving. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as long as these uh, these niche purveyors uh, keep doing it, and Criterion starting it, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I got three I of mean, them. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but, like, 4K or maybe maybe Blu-ray, one of the two. One of those is probably going to be like the new vinyl. You know, like it was hmm. gone for a little it's while. Similar, but like, yeah. I, I can see yeah. physical media of any kind is like is mm. like that now, right? Because it's like everything is streaming. You can watch anything streaming pretty much, right? And, and if but you I can't, think it's not like you can find more it on people Blu-ray. Will, yeah, and I think eventually more people will realize like, oh, this Blu-ray is consistent in you know, audio and, you know, uh, visuals yeah. as opposed to, you know, like, you know, streaming, even if you have the greatest internet in the world, sometimes it just doesn't do well. So yeah, I just think most people don't really give a shit about that part of it. But I mean, you know, I think most people, the, uh, convenience of just pressing a button and not getting out of their chair supersedes the quality every time. It even does for me a lot of the time. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 so I'm getting rid of half my Blu-rays in a couple of weeks. So, mm. you know, because I just don't all have space for All your not Criterion? Yeah, I mean, I'm keeping all the Criterions. Uh, well, actually, I'm getting rid of two or three of those. But um, getting rid of most of, the, most of uh, keeping most of the Criterions, getting rid of uh, n- sort of like non-essentials, just stuff that I give like three, three and a half to. I don't need to own oh, on Blu-ray, okay. you know. And especially shit sure. that's on like Netflix, seemingly permanently, you know, <laughs> or on Hulu yeah. or wherever, you know. But right. um, yeah, just turn them into cash, man. You know, for pennies on the dollar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got to. Should we um? Should we give star ratings for Dune since we didn't do that in our oh. review last week? <laughs> oh right. Yeah, sure. And now we're all here. Yeah, Kevin, what'd you what'd you give Dune? Four. Me too. Did I? Four and a half. No, no I went four and, I I was four say, and a half. Like, yeah, I don't even lie. remember. Yeah, it's been so you, long, dude. Yeah, yeah, and just your reviews have been so negative. I know. That it doesn't feel like a four and a half. I'm it also probably a four. It, it might go down to a four next time I watch it. But right now it's my number one know. film of the year. So. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, say what, say, what, say what you will about that. Mm. All right. Well, JR? Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I... Um, I've just been watching a bunch of TV, so my my film watching kind of just kind of blows. I haven't watched anything good, so I guess I'll uh, I'll talk about Tango and Cash first, since uh, 
last episode I said I'd report back and you had warned me that Tango and Cash was a very stupid movie and uh, and I'm here to say that I agree it is very dumb um, these two cops uh, who are fr- like seems like the the framing of the of Tango and Cash wouldn't pass any muster at all and uh, you know just ridiculous jail prison escapes every every single moment of this movie is just so fucking silly and parts of it confuse me like the first time we see um Sly Stallone he's is when he's like chasing down like a, a semi truck to get the criminals out but he's like the way he's like got glasses on he looks like he looks like the, the nerd cop I thought he was going to be yeah. the nerd cop but then he's he like, like an accountant <laughs> yeah but yeah. but then he like does like this macho thing where he gets out in front of the truck and just like puts his gun up and is like run me over bitch and they almost do <laughs> um and it's just it's very very confusing wardrobe choice but um you know uh Stallone and uh don't they sh- don't they show him buying hand? don't they show him what? buying stocks after that like in his office is he like into the stock market that. you don't remember that no, I, I think they do. I think he gives his sister stock advice. I feel like I I watched. He's like he's like reading a newspaper talking about stocks. I no, don't know. Every time it's you see a newspaper, time. it has a picture of him or Kurt, like looking at the news of their busts because they're so yeah. like into getting into the newspaper. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. You know, cop media thing that we'll we'll get to later, but um. Yeah, it's dumb. It's it's bad. I don't recommend. I uh, I didn't. This this will not be on like my rotation for uh, putting on something fun and dumb. It, maybe it is fun and dumb, but it's just I couldn't get into it. <laughs> I did find. Did you find any any part of it funny? Yeah. Yeah, I like the part where now they're in they're in prison. <laughs> they're they're leave, They're walking in prison together. And the Stallone's, they're like, Stallone and him are trying to talk about, like, who betrayed them, you know? And he says, um, and, and he's like, well, who was it then? And then and Stallone says, I don't know, yet. And he goes, yeah, you don't know, shit. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> Great delivery by by Russell. Amazing. I, I enjoyed uh, the whole design of the prison, which is, they just went, like, full, like, dystopian Escape from New York. Yeah, uh, with, with that's the your typical '80s action movie prison, though. Really, is it okay? Like, if have you seen mm. Death Warrant with John Claude Van Damme? No, it's the same exact prison, pretty much. Okay, it's like wow. there's like all kinds of like underground <laughs> cells and stuff that the guards don't know about. There, you know, they're like there are fires started. Yeah, How, <laughs> like when they're walking through, they're like uh, everyone's throwing trash on the two cops coming in, and it's like there's just fires in the background. All the people are in cells. <laughs> Who started those fires? Yeah, it's it's great. Don't think about it too much. It's just it's just fun. It's like uh, Fast and Furious, you know. It's just fun. This, this wishes it was like Fast and Furious. <laughs> how, how do you like Henry Silva? Who's that? The villain have, Henry. Don't S- don't you don't know who Henry okay. Silva is? No. Um. Is it I've, I've Maybe I'm, actually I might be was, wrong about that. Is he in this? 
Hang on. There's another uh, villain, the guy it's, who it's plays the Jack uh, like Palance, British. right? Yes, Jack Palance. That sounds. I, I might be. Sil- I think you're right. Are they both in it? I don't know. <laughs> now I'm getting confused. <laughs> it's been about 15 years since I've seen this movie, but <laughs> it's been like three weeks. <laughs> three weeks uh it doesn't look like henry silva's no. in and i was wrong it's jack palance and jack like palance james, james they Hong. both they both have like an angular face thing going on oh yeah, yeah and brian james is in it he's cool oh yeah eddie bunker's in this what is- brian james is the the henchman i was trying to remember just now he's oh. eddie bunker plays for some their, reason very silly. their captain Oh yeah, I remember that. He's got like, a, he's like, yeah, he's like, he says he's like Australian or something, though, right? Something like that. He he's got a ponytail. He has a, a Queen's accent, whether that is, yeah, English or, or Australian. I've already forgotten, but yeah, and he's mm-hmm. got the ponytail, and they they leave him tied up on a roof at yeah, one I remember point. That guy's been a while. I might, I might need to rewatch this. You don't. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> How do you like the uh, enormous uh, laser sight? That's bigger than the gun on Kurt Russell's pistol. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's another thing that made me laugh at the beginning of the movie. And then, of, of course, it's like, where's my gun? <laughs> it's been planted, bitch. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, sounds good. Uh, it was bad. It did not sound good. Right. Sounds, <laughs> sounds bad. I guess the only other thing to talk about with the movie really is the, the exploding boot gun. His boot, that is a gun. That he uses to kill the bad guy? Yeah. And the <laughs> 80s were weird. <laughs> yeah. Wait wait until you... Uh, have you have you ever seen Cobra? The Stallone movie? I don't think I have. There's there's a lot of Stallone movies that I just didn't ever get less, to, I think. Cobra's less fun, though. It's not fun. It's like, way less... It, it takes itself way morbid. too seriously in, I mean, in yeah. parts. Isn't that the director of... Uh, the second, yeah, yeah, yeah second Rambo yeah. movie, yeah, and yeah, like there's a scene, there's a scene where like uh, Stallone's character like he pulls a box of pizza out of the fridge, <laughs> takes takes a slice of the pizza, takes some scissors, like kitchen shears, <clears throat> just arbitrarily cuts off part of it and then starts to eat it. You know, see that's <clears throat> that's the thing that would take me right out of the movie. There's no way. Stallone <laughs> eats carbs. Okay? Right. Not a chance No in way. <laughs> very, Actually, very strict diet. Indeed. To be fair, I've never seen Cobra all the way through, but I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it is not yeah, good. It's, no. It's, it's not worth it. I did watch um, No Time to Die, mm. uh, the newest Bond film directed by... Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who I think I like for the most part. I enjoyed Sin Hombre and Beasts of No Nation. I never saw Maniac mm-hmm. or Jane Eyre. But um What about True Detective, mm-hmm. first season? I like the first season of True Detective a lot, but it's not really I mean his direction is a, not a, not a major part of that, I don't think. But um <clears throat> it's more the writing, which I hate to say because the writers kind of sucks, but um, now he does. Yeah, no time to die. Uh, also sucks, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't suck quite as bad as Spectre, 
but it's definitely just like over long and kind of boring mm. and really convoluted. And I don't for a second understand the, I mean, I understand it, but it's just like so surface, like the, I don't understand why they feel the, the compulsion to introduce new arch villains in every single film. Why not have just a, like, like, yeah. Batman has the Joker. Why not just have the Joker? Why not have one villain who's like his arch nemesis who he keeps having to come back and fight over and over again? And I thought that's like they have Christoph Waltz in this film. Yeah. Use I mean, him again. But no, they have to introduce Rami Malek's it's a completely uninteresting goofy character. It's who has like the this ridiculous tacked on backstory that is so um retconned it makes me want to puke. <laughs> And oh, I, yeah, I just, it's not for me. It just didn't work it's at every, all. So every way. villain has to fit a theme. Every villain has to tie into Craig's Bond's past and right. in some way. And it's, it's very stupid. And yeah, I, I, I think it's like, if we just use Christoph Waltz again, we'd have to move forward in some way. Cause we've covered that already. Right. So yeah. we can't do that. There's no going forward. I mean, with I I don't remember exactly which one it was. It was one of the uh, '80s ones with uh, Roger Moore. So like, they introduced Blofeld in I want to say it's uh, You Only Live Twice, and he's in like I don't know four or five Bond movies, but one of them, um, like they actually like just sort of kill him off in like the first five minutes, like before before the like you know credit um sequence that's in every bond movie maybe they should have done that with no time to die <laughs> just just killed off christoph waltz in you know the first five minutes i think well, they, they blow don't up the helicopter he's in yeah and whatever one he dies in yeah 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 it's i want it's i want to say it's like view to a kill or like living one of it's, those like it's in that zone yeah, it's definitely still a Roger Moore. It's not a Timothy Dalton one. But, but so. it's in it's in the bad Roger. I mean, most of Roger Moore's bad, but it's in the yeah, yeah. the late it, late '80s bad Roger Moore zone. Yeah, for sure. You know, Rami Malek's character. I just I didn't know this because you know you never know what their names are in the movie because they say their names like once. But his name is Lucifer. It's almost like Lucifer. Yeah. Like how it bad is, is that? That's it's horrible. So, it's so bad. He is. His name is Lucifer. It's so. <laughs> his name's Lucifer. Look, what, what kind of a name is that? It's ridiculous. And Fukunaga not getting away with this. He's one of the writers of this film. So, and with Phoebe Waller Bridge, which I don't even understand. Like, why bring her in? I don't. I, don't, I just don't get it. To do get to do the, the comedy touch-ups with the new 007, whose name I forgot. Lashana Lynch. No yes. me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why what she's doing there either. Because I thought Naomi Harris was like the new lady, no. but she's barely in this. They yeah, she well she was the she was Monty Penny. She was the she is Monty Penny, but she has a gun in the in but Skyfall. She, she's shooting in, people in Skyfall. They set her up as Money Penny as like a mm. like she's basically been suspended from from field duty. Yeah, to a desk, but mm. it's like. I guess for the sake of convenience of not having to like write something for her to do, they just kept her at the desk for two more movies. Yeah. That's very stupid. <laughs> That's really lame. It like reminds she's, me of she's Le- an agent. It reminds me of the lethal weapon movies, how 
you they keep making more and more of them, but they like they run out of things for Rene Russo to do, so they just say, "Ah, she's <laughs> pregnant during this one," or they run out right. of things for Joe Pesci to do, so they get Chris, uh, Chris uh, Rock in there to like fill in yeah. for him, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this didn't work for me at all. I, the emotional mm-hmm. stuff doesn't work. I don't believe Daniel Craig and Leia Sadu's uh, relationship at all. I I think it's really silly the whole kid thing that they try to introduce into it, like you know, four seconds before the movie's over. And I the the how it ends is just sort of I don't know. It's really it's just because they're trying so hard to get you to you know have some kind of an emotional catharsis about this character's end and. Um, I don't know. It just means nothing to me. I could care less. So it's just obviously it's just not for me because I know certain people on Letterboxd who are saying that they've you know they cried at the end of this and it meant a lot. <laughs> and I just I don't know. I mean it's just like this is completely meaningless. Just, just the so image vapid. of all the of all the missiles Ugh. coming down at once that didn't just yeah. make you tear up. <laughs> I mean that's but obviously Crying that's just... what they want, right? They want that to be like a choke you up moment. And it's just not like it just doesn't oh, do. work at all. No, yeah. that like mm. Craig is Craig is dying for our sins in that moment, uh, and also saving his family. And yeah, this is I, I again. I just feel like Craig was a writer, and he was like, I have to go out this way. <laughs> wow, like, where I'm Jesus. <laughs> yeah, again. and I think I also don't what? like the um, the. There's a moment where, and this you could tell this is like Fukunaga sort of jerking off on screen, where <laughs> there's that like extended one take shot of him climbing the stairs, the spiral staircase, and shooting guys at the end. And it's very mm. similar to stuff that he did in True Detective. And it's just, I mean, it's just, I don't, you know, like, what is this for? Like, what does this contribute to anything? You know, it's just like something that's goofy and fun to watch. Like, all of a sudden, it's like a John Wick movie, you know, when we're supposed to be feeling bad for this guy because of what's happened but in the meantime he's going to kill 700 people on his way up to this tower to uh flip a switch i don't know it just felt very like video gamey and not interesting yeah, at it all to me certainly was video game but like, so what what did you think about the the ana de armas cuban sequence where i mean it also I like looks ana cool, de armas. But the, the tone in that moment is is a bit different i don't like the i didn't like the, i okay i'm one of the i'm in the strict minority with these with the craig bond films I hate comedy in these films, and that's why I think Quantum of Solace is the best one, because it is almost completely bereft of any sort of comedic touches, which is great. (laughs) And this movie, just like Spectre and Skyfall, is full of them. There's constant one-liners. He's constantly joking and taking a drink in the middle of a fight and shit like this. I can't... I'm not into that. That doesn't do it for me. I know a lot of people, that's what they love about Bond. It just... It's not for me. It doesn't work. So that whole sequence, you know, I like Anna Diarmas. She's fine, but in more ways than one. But but it's but it's like also like I don't know, it was really silly. Like I don't believe her at all as someone who can kick ass. I mean, what does she weigh like eighty nine pounds, you know? It's like <laughs> give me a break. The, I, I just it's like if you just look at that scene by itself where I feel it or that sequence in Cuba I feel like it's got a unified tone. It has a tone that you don't like, sure. But it's mm. like, we're just doing sort of like cool modern action with the modern comedy thing. Uh, but then like we get onto the boat with Billy Magnuson and Jeffrey Wright. And like all of a sudden we're in, you know, that very serious, like choke you up kind of movie again. And it's like, yeah. 
that sort of whiplash is really annoying. It really wants to have to have it both ways. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't like it. I it don't sounds either. like they're really, like, it sounds like they're trying to delve into the Bond past, but they're bringing up, like, the, the, all the wrong things. Like, um, I mean, I don't, obviously I haven't seen this movie. I don't know exactly what the story is, but, like, if they wanted, like, a real, like, you know, hard, like, hard ending, like, what they should have done was just revamp the, um, the ending of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Bond gets married, and in, like, the last, like, few seconds of the movie, uh, they, like, Sonny Corleone, his new wife, Diana Rigg, and that's <laughs> the end of the movie. But, yeah, uh, sh- sure, th- that could have been better, but then that yeah. would leave it open, like, that would leave it open for Craig coming back, because for whatever reason, Craig just, like, can't seem to quit the character without the character being dead. Uh, they kill, they hates, kill his... hates these... They kill his girlfriend like twice already. They kill off. I mean, she what? What's her face dies in Royale. Another oh, girl yeah. dies in uh, Quantum of Solace. Like but he's always be, losing his love. That would be interesting. That would be the real interesting thing. Would be sort of like what in, Kevin's saying. If if like it becomes a thing where he becomes a true tragic character because he literally can't get close to anyone without them dying, mm. and then Leia Seydoux does die, and it's like. I'm fucked. This is this is it. And maybe like he offs himself or something. <laughs> not that not that he would off himself. Yeah. You know. Or or maybe they you know maybe they Sonny Corleone him. Yeah. I maybe maybe they they kill them both together and that's like his catharsis. At least we're dying together. You know. Yeah. Or like that's not uh, bad. Yeah. We could have written you know, a better like she, version like of this. She goes out to get a, a carton of milk and you know comes home to find him dead. Yeah. yeah. She's That's European, so she should go out for a pack of cigarettes. Mm. <laughs> or a liter of milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Kevin, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So I'll, I'll go through a bunch of uh, Criterion Challenge stuff real quick. Uh, start with uh, The Lower Depths, the Kurosawa movie. Noise. Like... Like, I loved Isuzu Yamada in Throne of Blood. Like, she's uh, uh, the Macbeth character. She's the Lady Macbeth in Throne of Blood. But she is, she just, she is such an evil bitch in this movie. She is so, and like, she's so good at it. Like, you just hate her every single second that she's on the screen. It was great. Movie is a little long, um, but it's, it's very interesting. Uh, let's see. Next, the executioner or El Verdugo. Um, Spanish movie. This one was funny. Like there were genuine moments where I chuckled through this. Like it's about this dude who's like he's a undertaker for the state, and he ends up falling in with this uh, um, executioner, and he ends up. Um, falling in love with the executioner's daughter they have a they have a kid and like they're trying to keep this apartment but the only way he can do it is if he becomes the executioner and he just can't deal with killing somebody um it's funny but like so much of the comedy ends up getting recycled through the hour and a half that it's like all right yeah you did that already 
But, um, you know, it was enjoyable to watch. And let's see. Uh, Kwaidan, first uh, Kobayashi movie. Also quite, quite a bit long. I don't think it needed to be three hours. But the sets that are in this movie, like the set design, is fantastic. And the acting is really, really good. I ended up watching the last segment with uh, with the boys because, like, I had it on and they just, like, what's this? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's it's not – thankfully, it ended up not being too bad, like, too scary or anything. Like, there, there's another um, – there's another segment in the movie where there's tits. So – <laughs> But but uh, they they didn't they didn't see any tits or any blood so it it worked out. <laughs> and uh, then true stories the David Byrne film which was really interesting, pretty good. And finally uh, Mikey and Nikki, which again like I don't I didn't think it needed to be uh, as long as it was, but like. You know, seeing Peter Falk and John Cassavetes in other films, like, they were both so good in this. And especially Peter Falk. He's just fantastic. That was why I said in my uh, review that uh, Elaine May does John Cassavetes better than Cassavetes. Easy. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> Watch out now. <laughs> yeah. All right. JR? Mm. Sorry, I'm still still reeling from Kevin's comment, but um, <laughs> I really, really like both of them a lot. Um, mm. I'll show you talk first five episodes of Wheel of Time. Mm, you don't Second have to talk about that at all. Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I finally watched uh, Zola the other day, which I say finally. It, it came out in the spring, and it's a. Uh, it's a short little movie based on a Twitter thread. Um, first movie that I know of that I've watched adapted from a Twitter thread uh, about a server at like a Twin Peaks Hooters slash Hooters style restaurant who just meets this weird couple uh, that includes Riley uh, Keo, who like just gets her phone number, becomes friends with her, and asks, like, hey, do you dance? Uh, and recruits her to just come on a trip down to Florida to go to dance at strip clubs with her. And her boyfriend, who is played by Nicholas Braun, who uh, Letterbox tells me is Cousin Greg. I haven't seen Succession, but everyone seems to call him Cousin Greg now. And uh, and Coleman Domingo, who she called... Riley Keel calls Coleman Domingo her roommate but it's clearly like a pimp. Um, and she gets weird. And like as a movie, it's just like not all the way there. Like it's got a lot of great, funny individual scenes. Um, but this, you know, this server dancer who goes on this trip, uh, played by Taylor Page, she just like doesn't have anything to do. She's a very passive protagonist. She's just like watching things happen. She's watching Coleman Domingo be a psycho and Riley Keough just be really stupid and Nicholas Brown Braun also be really stupid. So like she's just 
goes to Florida to look at it's it's like a, a Florida man meme, just like people doing really stupid shit, um, and that's it. Occasionally funny. Uh, maybe I'll watch an episode of Secession. This uh, this guy was funny. And Coleman Domingo gets to be kind of like menacing and terrifying. He's good at that. Um, yeah, I have Zola ready to watch, and I will watch it. Um, not sure when, because now I have to watch other things like Benedetta and Power of a Dog and all this other shit. There's just so much stuff to watch, man. I uh, so you know again, I haven't. I am not up to uh, to date on like just looking at my my activity feed from you guys on Letterbox. I honestly just assumed you'd have seen Power of the Dog. No, I uh, like I said, I I was on I was in Texas the last couple of days, and the only time I had uh, was after I put my kid to sleep. I watched um, fifteen minutes last night. Mm. And I did watch uh, about an hour of that Beatles documentary, the last hour of the first episode so on the uh, on on Disney Plus. So I'm, I'm into it. I I, I I could actually say something about it. I mean, which is to say that I think it's worth your time, um, even if you're not a Beatles fan. And here's why. Well, I guess I should start with the negative first. Let me start with the negatives first. <laughs> The negatives of this so far, I've only watched the first episode, which is like two and a half hours, but it's, you know, Peter Jackson's doing it. It's very similar to, um, they shall not grow old, except the technique that he's using in that film where he's dubbing over this old footage. Yeah. That's necessary in that film because you don't know what those guys are saying. Cause there is no sound that was recorded mm. for these Beatles sessions. There's sound that's recorded, but almost none of it is synced to the image at all. It's constant, uh, uh, dialogue between the four Beatles and their manager and other people. Uh, but none of it is synced to what they're doing on screen. Like they're not like when they talk, their lips aren't moving with it. The, the stuff like you could tell it's just, it's edited to, to sort of tell us a, a coherent story all the way through, which is weird because it's like eight hours long. So you'd mm. think you could just like forego the story, you know, because it's eight hours. But <laughs> I don't know. That's a little strange to me. And it feels a little like uh, uh, disingenuous because, or like inauthentic, I guess would be a better word. Uh, because, you know, it's like obviously they're not saying that at that moment. So it's weird. Well, but they are saying the things they're it's, saying. It's weird. It's weird to do an eight hour thing that's supposed to like just be the footage and still have such a, a, a like a heavy handed editorializing style. Yeah, so I that's agree. Weird to I me agree. Based on your description. I agree. No, I, yeah, but it is cool. What's, what's great about it is that it does play sort of like a. Um, you know, like a like a fly on the wall sort of look into the process of musicians making music, and that is interesting inherently, in my opinion. I would watch that kind of documentary about musicians who I hate because I think that's interesting. Like how the process of how different kinds of people collaborate with one another—that's yeah. interesting to me. And it's also interesting the personality conflicts within the band where it's like the the sort of different goals that they each have where you can tell McCartney wants to progress the band forward record this record keep going 
uh george harrison's obviously like completely over it like he has no input he doesn't care he's just a, he even says like i'll like outright to, to paul mccartney he's like i'll do whatever you want you know just tell me what to play and i'll play it like he doesn't want to come up with his own parts sort of and then john lennon's there and there's sort of like a rift between him and paul it's just interesting like these dynamics that exist within the band and um <clears throat> i think it's definitely not for everybody but that's what's interesting to me is that like it doesn't feel like it's for uh, necessarily like your average Beatles fan either because it's like really fucking long and really mm-hmm. not much is going on. You're just kind of watching them hang out and practice together for hours and hours and hours, which I think is interesting to watch. But like, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't find that interesting. It's like when Jr. watches a Frederick Wiseman film that's three hours long about a library system. You know, most people would find that yeah. boring. But Jr. sings, you know that that might be interesting to Jr. That'd be interesting to me, I think. But it's like not every, it's not for everybody. It's not going to be on Disney Plus. It's weird that this is on Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, I should check that out. Actually, yeah, it's not. Yeah, bad. Um, the New York Library is pretty good. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> at Berkeley also, if you want to go see how a college works, uh, <laughs> right? For two hundred minutes, the. Um, yeah, it just seems like Peter Jackson, like, they should have hired him to make a Craig-era Bond movie. Because that's another motherfucker that just, like, can't move forward, stuck in the past, um, is just really into dead things. Come on. Hey, man, he progressed, like, 50 years. Went from the 1917 to 1968 or whatever it I'm was. sorry, but, um, you know... They they shall not grow old is a great is great. I think it's it a, is great. Yeah. I think it's a great example of what this this sort of thing that he's trying to do now. The it's like it's the best possible thing that it can do, you know. And I think the Beatles thing. I just think he's making mistakes with it by treating it the exact same way. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see the footage in a raw sort of format, like he's trying to accomplish. But then, like you say, he's editing it to death, and he's scrubbing all the grain out of it and he's making it look like hd video you know i mean not that it doesn't look good i mean it looks fine but it's like it doesn't look like film anymore it looks weird you know i can't and like, uh, in, in five years we'll have the 12 hour cut and maybe in 50 more years we'll just all be able to watch all 60 hours he says uh, there's a 16 hour director's cut that might be fucking, released at some are point, you so. kidding no apparently that's, i'm that, making that's, jokes here i know i don't know I don't know how accurate that is, but... Uh, That's insane. That dude's so fucked. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. This is... uh, Yeah, part of of my, like, reaction to this is is just, like, a... Like, I don't care about the Beatles. Mm. And and I'm already, like... Multiple podcasts that I've listened to have done, like, deep dives on this. And hilariously, every podcast I've listened to, no one has finished it. They're all doing like these hour long reviews based on uh, one to two episodes that they've watched so far, which I think it's it's hilarious to me. It's awesome that people are like that invested in the the myth of the Beatles and what happened at these recording sessions. Um, Like listening to Chuck Klosterman, like go into like how like opinions of, of the Beatles of, that he's had for like 40 years are, are just changed instantly is, you know, <laughs> like that's fascinating for him. Um, but I, I have no investment in this band. I think they made 
some good music and some bad music. Yeah, that's fair. But I, you know, I would compare it to like, it's similar to you. Like I watch, you know, I don't like Metallica at all. Okay. But I'll watch some kind of monster any day of the week and twice on Sunday because it's, it's enjoyable to watch. It's enjoyable to see them try to collaborate with one another and the dynamics within their band yeah. and them not getting along. And it's it's almost the exact same thing. It's just that this is way, way, way longer and it feels a little bit inauthentic because it's not you're obviously not seeing like raw video footage of them talking to one well, another. And, and this this already was a some kind of monster. This is a film that already existed in like yeah. a in a normal length form, right? Wasn't it a two? As far as movie? I understand though, they they that that particular film and I don't know this for sure, but I've heard that that film doesn't have the conflict. It's edited out of that film. Like they don't right. they didn't want to show that they weren't getting along. You that know? Makes sense. So um, I don't know. And, and I, I I mean I don't I can't I say like, it's hard to say it's hard to say it's I worth like, your time because it's eight hours long, you know. It's, it's like, well it's definitely not worth my time. Like based on <laughs> sorry, based on all the stuff we have to watch here. Right. It's not worth our time. But uh I'm gonna still watch it though. Right. I'm going to finish it. I mean, I'm invested now. I'm like two and a half hours monster. in. Right. Might as well finish it. Hmm. I've got be, it downloaded on my iPad on the Disney app. So Nice. Have either, of you guys, uh, either of you guys ever like big into uh, Pearl Jam at all? No. no. Okay. I hate Pearl Jam. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't hate Pearl Jam. Well, I, just, I, I have a recommendation for you. <laughs> so uh, they, they, have a DV- they had a DVD called uh, Single Video Theory. Uh, like, and it's just behind the scenes of them making their Yield album, uh, the one that had Do the Evolution on it, and that's like the only song on the album that they don't play. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, cool. uh, the the thing about the DVD, at least, you can't skip. There, there's no chapters. Like, you have to just watch it like all the way through. Like, you can fast forward like uh like a VHS tape, but you know. It's interesting to just see them at their practice space and, you know, just chatting. And yeah, writing, I can, I'd watch music. that. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even, it doesn't matter to me mm. necessarily the band. I just think it's interesting to see creative people um, being creative with one another. Even if they're creating, like, bullshit, it's still interesting to me. Mm. So, like, the stuff that they're doing in the in some kind of monster, the shit that they're recording is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not good yeah, music. In, no. Which album was that? Uh, Saint that Anger. Saint oh, it is Saint Anger. I was about to yeah. say it can't be Saint Anger. Uh, it's terrible. It's hilarious yeah. that that is documented. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's I, also I, a good. There's also a good one called um, "I Am Trying to Break Your Heart." It's about Wilco recording um, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. That's a good one too. About like sort of a band like imploding while they're trying to record an album, but. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I think there are problems with it, but I think it's mm. interesting. So, I guess that'll be uh, the thing that I just talked about. So, uh, on to uh, whoever's next. I don't even know what's going Kevin. on anymore. Who's who's next? Oh, there okay. you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, <laughs> uh. Have either of you guys seen uh, Jesus Christ Superstar or uh, Godspell? No. No. Okay. Uh, so I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I was looking at uh, the other day. I was looking to see what um, like I had seen something about Richard Iowati like 
supposedly making a movie about like these siblings who have to save their other sibling from a cult. And I happened across this other thing that he did with uh, Matt Berry called ADBC. And it's like a spoof of religious rock operas. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes. You can watch it on YouTube. And like, if you're into that kind of, uh, if you're into that kind of humor, it's worth, it's worth your time. It's uh, the nativity story told from the view of the innkeeper. Hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I also uh, rewatched uh, Shakespeare in Love after a long time, and I would say that I liked it a lot. Like there was a lot that I laughed at, but like there are parts in the movie where it's just like, no, 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 this is a comedy. Comedies, you know, can have their dramatic moments, but like some of the some of the parts were just like, nah, this is too much. Like, it, it doesn't need to get this serious. Um, and it didn't need to be as long as it was. Because uh, it was, at a certain point, it's just like, get to the fucking Romeo and Juliet already, man. Jeez. Um, but yeah, like, um, Joseph Fiennes is good as Shakespeare. I really like Ben Affleck as the uh, the actor whose name I can't remember right now, but he plays Mercutio. <coughs> It's like, um, I always forget he's in that. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's funny too. Like, uh, one of the uh, one of the screenwriters, Tom Stoppard. I think I talked oh, about yeah. this when we did uh, Brazil or you know any other Tom Stoppard movie. It's funny because like he was born in like Eastern Europe, but like you couldn't find a more you couldn't find an author or screenwriter or whatever who like has a better grasp on English character British character than Tom Stoppard I definitely assumed he was British that's a that's a major revelation I mean I thought so I would have thought so too but like you know he's I, I want to say he's from like um, Czechoslovakia he might have been he might have like grown up though maybe he was just born and he moved immediately to Britain or something yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look that up, but yeah, um, he's yeah, so been knighted apparently. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, three point seven five for Shakespeare in Love. Cool. It says he was born in Zeln, Morovia, Czechoslovakia. Mm. But it also, but it says he's um, Czech-born British. So I think his parents might have been British or something. Anyways. Um, mm. Okay, well, JR? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a couple of movies that will probably receive Best Actor nominations. Um, mm. people, people say Will Smith's going to win it for King Richard. Um, no fucking way. What a joke. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's it's always like this early in the, in the race, if you're the winner, you're probably not actually the winner. Um, he's he's definitely not the winner. I would bet any money that Will Smith does not win Best Actor because someone else is is coming in hot. Sure, any reason he'll he'll <laughs> never win Best Actor ever in yeah. his life. It's a joke. What? what is he doing differently in King Richard that he didn't do in Happiness or or The Pursuit of Happiness or any of these other movies where he cries on screen? I this didn't is see his those movies. 
this is his big thing, right? He just he 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 has like the hard face cry. That's he his move. Cry in this movie. He Come does, on, I, he doesn't cry. Are you sure? I think he cries in the trailer. <laughs> I don't think he cries. I'll, all right. Well, so part of his say. part of his thing, like with know. with his kids, is that he's like he's like a hard ass. This is like a. This is that makes his crying more cathartic. This is the the Oscar bait uh, biopic deal, right? It's it's not doing anything uh, <clears throat> unique there. I would say that you know it is it is trying to to give you a portrait of a complicated figure that also is like very firmly you know making him like the hero, like he. So he's complicated, but he's he's like a good guy and he's a great dad. Um, and I, you know, I don't know shit about Venus and Serena Williams's uh, childhoods, and I don't or or about their father. I didn't realize Richard Williams was a was a public figure at all. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It's like we we have a, a nice little story here. The second half is better once. The family moves to Florida and like finds some uh, some tennis success. Um, there's some cool stuff there. The tennis scenes are are filmed well. You know, sports sports is fun. Um, and Will Smith, it's like the first ten minutes with his accent are. I was like, I'm not gonna make it. I am not gonna make 145 <laughs> minutes of this accent. Uh, and, and he kind of just you kind of get used to it. Uh, he doesn't let it fall. He, he's definitely doing like the. It's just like this weird, like like the, this guy's from Louisiana. It's like this weird Louisiana th- drawl that does not sound anything like anything I've ever heard in Louisiana. But it's it's just it's just fucking weird. And this guy's feet are all fucked up. So like. His posture is messed up, and he's got a weird gait. And Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith, Will Smith is doing, <laughs> he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot of physical stuff to sell, um, you know, to sell the burden on this man's shoulders as he tries to create uh, create success in his family. Like he basically forces these girls to play tennis. He forces another one to be a doctor. Not force. It just. Like he's like drilled into these girls' heads that like this is what you're gonna be, uh, and that's bizarre. His parenting okay. is bizarre. Sorry, I don't want to stop you, but I'm a minute and fifty eight. No, I'm, ran- into I'm the rambling. Trailer. It's okay. A minute and fifty eight seconds into the trailer. Where does he cry? Tears, tears pouring down his face. Okay, so you sure? missed it, they bud. Play, they play tennis in the rain a lot. <laughs> it's not so. raining. He's crying. I promise. He's definitely crying. He's looking right at his daughter. He looks sad. Dude, I, I don't remember a moment where he cries because she's telling know. him something in passion. She's like, I won't play tennis, Dad, or something. I don't know. Oh, know. She's she's crying in that moment. He's not. He's he's being a He's crying. A, that's an asshole moment from him. Look, that's no, a shot he says, that was what left you on the want. Room he floor. says, What you want? And she says, All those people to love me, or whatever she says right there, and he's crying. I'm sorry, but you were wrong. It's not, it's not in the movie. That's, he's hoping no. to win the Oscar oh, because he's crying. It's, it's in a the joke. trailer. He'll, it's in the trailer. He'll, he'll pick the up the Golden Globe for sure. He'll get the Golden Globe, and he can put it next to his other Golden Globes. He'll never get Oscar gold. He's not, it's just not for him. He, you know who's going to win this year? I haven't even seen the movie. Yeah, he'll win. I guarantee it. 
or Denzel, but I think Benedict probably. Because they don't like Shakespeare anymore. The, the Academy doesn't like Shakespeare. All right, so let me go. Let me go to my other. Go ahead. Sorry, King Richard. Not good. You guys. You guys would fucking hate it. I'm not going to uh, watch it. It's rather. Nah. It's fine. But you guys would hate it. Uh, if he's nominated for an Oscar, I will watch it. You'll have to. But I don't think. I don't think he'll be nominated. To be honest. It's a joke. There's too many others that are better. I don't know. Uh. On the on the edge of sort of the the nomination thing right now is Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, um, Lin Manuel Miranda's mm-hmm. film adaptation of a uh, Jonathan Larson play that was about himself. Jonathan Larson is the guy who wrote Rent and died at a very early age. Um, so I don't know, uh, sir, we're, you know we we do musical theater in this house, so uh, we watch this movie. This is the most, um, this gets, this successfully recreates the feeling of watching a play that is like a very like sort of like feel, like make you feel warm inside emotional play with some decent music, Um, which means that it's also the kind of thing that if you don't like that kind of play or musical, you would fucking hate this movie, and you would want to kill Andrew Garfield for every second of it. Uh, he's he's laying it on thick. He's got a uh, a young Sergei Eisenstein haircut, and he just like won't stop singing. And uh, there's there's a moment where I like I like had to like walk away from from my couch where he's having a house party, and like he starts like beating the couch making a beat so he starts singing that's and in like the first the whole that's in the sings. teaser the first teaser yeah, yeah. yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's like a, a very ugh, cringy like, yeah yeah cringeworthy mm. moment that i that i do not like um but i like most of this you know him sort of navigating like the uh, the late 80s uh aid stuff is effective and uh and some of his songs are good mm. this is the best movie i watched like the past three weeks Ouch. three and a half three, three and a half and, and some of, again like man some some of the direction is really cool and but i can't decide if it's just like because it reminds me of the good things about musicals it probably is yeah, that's it. I have it uh, also downloaded on my Netflix app to watch, so I will probably watch this at some point too. <clears throat> I'm gonna say just real briefly um, that I watched Black Girl uh, for my Criterion challenge because it was only 60 minutes long, which was really nice, and it's directed by Usman Sim Simbane Simbane. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was uh, really, 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 really good. Mm. Um, I liked the way that it ended a lot. Not the the titular black girl's death so much, but the I like the idea that the sort of bourgeois um, asshole couple attempt to buy their way out of her death. <laughs> <laughs> by going to her village and paying off her mother 
and I like the imagery of the little boy with the mask as the sort of demon haunting him for doing that. I like that shit a lot. That really worked for me. And, uh, yeah, I just dug this, man. I don't know. I liked every second of it. And I wouldn't have minded if it was longer, to be honest. But I was fine with it being this this long. That was nice, too. Um, yeah, so Black Girl was good. But <clears throat> less good was Abel Ferreira's latest, uh, Zeros and Ones, which is, Ugh. I think this is bottom of my list right now. It's gotta uh, for be. 2021. For oh, shit. For 2021. Uh, mm. For Ferrer also, though. Yeah, it's the last. It's bottom of the list. Right behind Without Remorse, which is second to last. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this movie's terrible. It's got Ethan Hawke in it, and it's about Ethan Hawke's character. He, like, sort of plays twins, but it's really sort of hazy if that's actually happening or not mm. <clears throat> sorry I'm, I'm i'm all i'm all stopped up here uh he uh yeah he's like on a mission of some sort he's some kind of soldier he's on some sort of a mission it's all very vague he's in rome there's going to be a bombing of the vatican i think and uh it's just really like languidly paced and nothing is happening and it's shot poorly. It's a lot, like a lot of it is in uh, like post slow mo, like post production slow mo. It's real choppy looking. Um, Ethan Hawke is like over serious and terrible in it. And then when he plays his twin brother, who you only see in a video one time being interrogated, he's like really off the wall, like insane. And I don't know what. I guess he was just trying to like change his energy as much as possible because he's, gotta, you know, not the same person. Gotta differentiate. Mm. Right. And uh, and he's really just bad in both scenes, in both as both characters. And there's <clears throat> what's really weird is that the film is bookended by an introduction and an outro by Ethan Hawke, the actor, saying that he's excited for us to see the movie. <laughs> he doesn't... And then, and then at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, the outro is like him saying, "I don't understand what this movie was about," <laughs> um, but I think it's really, it's really good. And there's like a massive gaps, like you can tell he has no idea what he's talking about. And I don't know if it's like it could be on purpose. I don't know, because at the end of it, he says, "This is part of the movie, by the way. This is still the movie." And then the movie ends. And I'm just like, I don't know what. I don't know what they're trying to do or say. It's like they're trying to get some kind of meta thing going. Mm. It's really lame. It doesn't work. And uh, I've never been more disappointed in Abel Ferreira, one of our finest directors. This mm. is uh, bottom of the barrel type stuff. So The the man is just, he, he's shitting him out. And I feel like he really is. most of the ones that he's shat out in the past five years have been compelling. That's a bummer. Maybe he needs to yeah. step away. You know, we know you've got that Catholic guilt. You don't have to blow up the Vatican, though. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> so true. And his wife is in this one again. Um, and you know, she's not terrible or anything, but you know, it's just like you could tell he like had you know no money to make this movie. Mm. It's like nobody cares. There's some you know there's some Arabian prince who gave him. 
a million dollars or something to shoot something and they have no permits. It's just not any good. I don't know. I mean, I really wish Abel Ferreira would sort of, you know, he's just like one of those filmmakers like De Palma or Coppola who has sort of like, he's still steadily working on like those two, but it's like, I just wish for like a, like a, somebody to like, you know, become their patron or something. And, like Megan Ellison to just you know write him checks for forty million dollars like she does to Paul Thomas Anderson, you know let him just see. I'd love to see what these guys would do now with that kind of money. Mm. Like, I think they'd produce something really interesting. I don't know if it'd be amazing, but it'd be interesting for sure. Right. Anyway, that's zeros and ones. I cannot recommend it at all. But you know, do what you got to do. Mm. You, you know, you know, I'm gonna watch it at some point. <laughs> I know. I have to. I have to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 2021, right? I think Ethan Hawke is uh, is one of the uh, dark horse uh, <laughs> for the best actor. <laughs> Just kidding, that's terrible. Here's the real question: is is if they if Last Duel gets acting nominations, which it might, like the like uh, what's her face in that might get a nomination, mm. but like if Adam Driver got nominated, would it be for best actor or supporting actor? I think supporting actor. Um, yeah. Pretty. I don't think Matt Damon will get nominated. No. I think Affleck could no. be for supporting. That'd be fun. <laughs> will Will Driver is he more likely to get nominated for the Last Duel or for House of Gucci or Annette? Definitely not Annette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna get. I mean, I can talk. I, oh, I mean, I, I watched House of Gucci, um, which I mean, I guess it's getting late. I could just power through it real quick. Mm. Um, I don't. I do not think he'll be nominated for House of Gucci. I think that Gaga has a nomination in the bag. She'll definitely get nominated. Mm. I don't know that she'll win. She might. <clears throat> House of Gucci is the lesser Ridley Scott film that came out this year. Uh, for many many reasons, looks really nice. Looks very expensive. A lot of big actors um, doing really terrible accents. Uh, especially, and I mean, this is like it's been said, and there have been like you know memes going out around this. But like Jared Leto is like he's really just so he's not in he's not like he's at a completely different level than everyone else in this film. Like he's He's playing a cartoon character in a film full of people attempting to be real. And these people aren't real either. Like, they're not doing, like, none of them are hugely convincing. But he's just so at 11, the entire film. It's so goofy. He's like, he's, he, he reminds me of, like, a like if Chef Boyardee was a real person, <laughs> you know? Like, this sort of stereotype of an Italian guy. Whoa. Did you see? Did you see? Meet like, the ball. <laughs> did you see what he said like last week? That like no. To like to become this character, he just like he said he like breathed in like like abriata saw like so he's. Oh, I'm, I'm I not did see right. something about that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's so Which pretentious. Just I, like the most. Brutal, man. Yeah. John sent that yeah. that thing to us in the the group chat. Oh, about him breathing in the abriata saw. Yeah, the like sauce. replacing what, what is the sauce? with olive yeah. oil or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds so, yeah. like, 
like weirdly culturally insensitive first of all like like as though <laughs> like the only way to like express italianness is to to talk about mm. food um he says i was snorting lines of arrabbiata sauce arabiata. i had olive oil for blood this was a deep dive i did if you took a biopsy of my skin it would come back as parmesan cheese this is my love letter to italy but Jesus yeah i could Christ. see like most italians being like this is gross and wait you know, sort of offensive, but I mean, I don't think many people would take it as offensive. No, no. But that wasn't real, I, was it? He didn't actually I don't know. say I, that. I, I don't know if he said it or not. Okay, it's it's, like, it's a quote. It's on Vice. I don't know if it's real or not, but it's on Vice. It was on this oh. Twitter thing. I don't know. I just saw it on my <laughs> Instagram and I thought it was funny. But okay, it was a, it was I could a, see him saying something like that, but that's not you don't have to impugn right. the man's. You know, obviously he's trying to. Like he takes himself very seriously as an actor, mm. and uh, he did. He did been, say that. Okay, Confirmed. he <laughs> wow. said it. He takes himself very asshole. seriously, though, and he's been sort of rewarded for that in the past. You know, he's won an Oscar, mm. so obviously he he's emboldened. getting nominated for. Like, yes. He got nominated for the little things. He's going to get nominated for yeah, this. Brutal. I I I I think they've learned their lesson. I don't think they're going to nominate him for this. Mm. This is know. embarrassing. I mean, this is really, really bad. Like, honestly, even in the little things, I don't, he's not good in the little things, but compared to this, the little things is like Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, it's so subtle well, and understated. And, like, this and is he's, ridiculous. He's the most interesting thing in, in the little things, which exactly. I think is a god-awful movie, but he's not yeah. god-awful in it. Uh, right. Yeah, I, and I didn't see this movie yet. This is I, like, this is, uh, he's not the most, he's, he's not the most interesting thing about this movie. He's uh, sort of a um, like a distraction to the good things about this movie. You know, the good thing about this movie is watching Driver and Gaga uh, meet and fall in love, and then their marriage fall apart uh, due to you know greed and these kinds of things. Um, but it's like like that's all sort of there's these ridiculous scenes where he shows up and he's just he's just bouncing off the walls. I mean, it's really goofy. I, and he's wearing this silly makeup. I don't know. It's, it does not work on any level. And the movie as a whole, it's just over, it's over long. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a tired sort of complaint, but it is really long. I mean, it's two hours and 40 minutes. Um, it does not need to be. And, uh, none of the, again, none of the performances are, are amazing. I think Gaga is good in it. I think Driver is very serviceable. He's very reliable. You know, he's a good actor. Um, Pacino has a scene where he's trying to do something, like, you know, powerful. But, unfortunately, it's with Jared Leto. So, you know, <laughs> kind of overshadowed by his goofiness. And uh, I think the direction is solid. I mean, I think Ridley Scott is he's sort of like Spielberg, you know? Like, he just he knows how to direct a movie. He's just... It's not always interesting what he has to do, like what he does. Whereas with like the last duel, there's a lot of interesting shit going on in there. Even with his direction, there's some interesting things that he's doing, mm. and um, he just doesn't bring that same kind of passion. It doesn't feel like to everything. So, I don't know. Anyway, House of Gucci, three stars. It's uh, it's fine. It's not great. Jack Houston's in it a lot, which mm. I like to see. Um. Like Jack Houston. I haven't seen him. Huh? I like Jack Houston. Yeah, he's really good. I and he's good in this too. I, I think his accent might have been the best accent oh, out nice. of all of them. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 pretty decent. Um, yeah. Anyway, Kevin. Uh, 
I didn't really have anything else uh, movie-wise that All I right. wanted to talk about. But uh, uh, real quick, like, Black Girl was like your f- first five of your Criterion Challenge this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Because like, I was thinking, like, so far, like... I've come uh, close, but... I haven't had any fives, like, just four and a half with uh, Mishima. I think that um, my... Honestly, I think my I tend to trend towards like threes with most of them so far, mm. which is kind of a bummer. But right. you chose wrong. I must have. Oh no! I you know what? That's not right, Kevin. I gave Comrade uh, Shaft five stars. Oh, okay, right. Which I loved, and uh, but like Chimes at Midnight, I gave four and a half. Mm. Um, Passion of Joan of Arc was four and a half. Shortcuts four and a half. So Vagamond was four and a half. So I've been giving some four and a half, but oh okay. Mostly like yeah, like threes and three and a halves. So it's mm. you know it's been a bummer, and I'm not. I feel like I'm just not gonna finish. Like I'm just not gonna have time. I'm gonna finish next year, but I'm not gonna make it before the end of this month. Yeah, because I mean, I've just got too many. Really, I've got really long ones to watch. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know why I did this to myself. Like I still got to do uh, Fanny and Alexander the theatrical oh cut. And oh okay. I'm, I, I, <laughs> Told myself I'm gonna rewatch Andre Rublev. Um, Do it, yeah. which probably will be very rewarding. Yeah, I mean, I, it's great. I, I I've been wanting to rewatch that lately. Yeah, like I know I know for sure Rublev was like I saw it at a time where like I just you know, like a lot of things you know I just didn't like anything <laughs> except for like one or two things that like really like pushed pushed through and like you know blossomed. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm ready to talk. Uh, well, uh, I guess y'all uh, talk graveyard of honor, or we could just skip right to. Uh, no. We would, but Jared didn't watch it. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't lose. It wasn't technically my homework. <laughs> yeah, you said you were gonna. You said you're gonna watch it though. You didn't want Manny your yeah, word or not. So no. hold on. Yeah. So I lied. I did, but I didn't do anything wrong except lie. Okay. Do you have anything else to talk about, Jared? No, I didn't watch movies. Again, okay. I can talk about the Just first three sure. episode of Girls 5 Eva if you want. <laughs> it's, I've, I've watched more TV in the past two weeks than I have in like two years. It's mm. weird. Wow. That is, uh, that is weird. Um, I also want to just real quick, like, I want to I like state that my voice is fucked up. And I want, just so the audience isn't confused. I know we're an hour and 15 minutes yeah. in the episode here, but... Um, <laughs> I lost my voice a few days ago, but it's back sort of now. And uh, anyway, I watched Graveyard of Honor because of our um, Letterbox Roulette. And I was not a huge fan of it, mostly because of the lead character. Like, the main character in this, Rikio Ishikawa, who's apparently based on a real um, guy who was a, a Yakuza soldier uh, i guess uh, during uh, right after the war in the late 40s and he's just really like sort of completely unlikable and despicable and like the things he does are really horrible and very difficult to justify in any rational sense he seems completely insane and out of his mind and he keeps doing things even after like he gets warned not to do them he just keeps doing like he's really like outlandish violent uh acts and he's sort of um he like like he is like he sexually assaults multiple women in this movie, which is like, I don't know. It's, 
I don't necessarily, it's very difficult to get behind someone who's doing that, obviously. And it's like, I don't know that you're supposed to be behind him necessarily, because obviously it's sort of like a trajectory of tragedy. Like he's supposed to, like he's going, it's called Graveyard of Honor. He's going to the graveyard, you know, I mean, he's not going to make it, but it's like, you kind of want him to, like he's a scumbag. Mm. Um, I think the direction is really cool. There's a lot of like handheld stuff. The movie's probably about 75% canted angles, which is a strange choice, but it sort of works for the energy of the movie. Like, cause there's not, I don't want to say there's not a lot going on, but there's, it's not as like actiony as I thought it would be. I thought it'd be more like fighting and people getting stabbed. There's, there's a lot of stabbing in it, but it's not, it's not like, you know, it's sort of trying to be realistic, I suppose, as opposed to, you know, having choreographed fights, uh, which I'm fine with. And, uh, it gets appropriately bloody and violent at some parts, which is, you know, uh, fine. But overall, it was just really the story and that character that I really just couldn't, you know, gel with. And so mm. dragged down the score to a two and a half. But I will be watching other of Kinji Fukasaku's films because I subscribe to Arrow streaming service to watch this. Mm. Uh, it's only like five dollars a month. Oh. And it was free for free for a month. So I watched this. I'm going to watch um, Battles Without Honor and Humanity 1, at least 1. And, uh, yeah, it's, there's some of his other stuff on there. I think Sympathy for the, the Underdog's on there, too. Uh, huh? I, just the uh, the first one, Battles Without Honor and Humanity, is the, the best one of those nice. five uh, things. Sympathy for the Underdog is cool. Um I don't know. It sounds similar to to how you've described Graveyard of Honor. Um, so I don't know. I, oh, I also it. want to see this other movie that he did called. Let me see if I can find it. Battle again. Royale. Sorry. No, um, <laughs> no. 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 Samurai Reincarnation. It's got Sonny Chiba in it. It's from 1981. <clears throat> Listen to the synopsis. After surviving the slaughter of. Many Christians, 350 years ago, a samurai denounces God for ignoring the pleas of believers. He sells his soul to Satan and receives the power to resurrect the dead to join him on a murderous rampage. I gotta watch this thing. Nice. I mean, <laughs> that's that sounds out of control. Yeah. Is it on Arrow? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe it's on I Criterion. Know, I'll find it somehow. <laughs> I know. I wish. Yeah. Anyway. Battle Royale, my next pick. When's the last time you guys watched Battle Royale? I haven't seen Never it. Never seen it. What? <laughs> I've Whoa. read the graphic novel. I read the graphic novel when I was uh, like in my early 20s. Mm. Yeah, I remember there was a period of time where it seemed like super, super popular. Um, oh, sorry. The manga. I apologize to our weeaboo listeners. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, this was like a, this was like a counterculture... Like teenager touchdown, mm. and then you know Hunger Games came out. I, and uh, yeah, I remember that more than anything. Hunger else. Games became a thing. Like, yeah, everyone was like, "Fuck Hunger Games! Watch Battle Royale. It's better." <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. I mean, but it's been yeah, a very long sure. time since I've seen it. Okay, make it your pick, guy. Yeah. Whose pick is it next? Is it yours or is it's, it Kevin? It's mine. Okay. It's my. I, I think. I, I don't know. Um. Pretty I sure lose it's track. JR's. 
I can look it up well, for sure. I, I, mean, I have the um Yeah. Well I, I chose memories. Then it was Yeah, yeah. that was, was Oh right. Then it was oh, right. Dune. And then there was so, Dune. Yeah, it okay. would have been yeah, John yeah, you're then right. JR, then mm. back to me. So JR next. I think we're gonna get something Japanese. Okay. Anyway, Do we'll it. come back to that. Cool. All right. Um <clears throat> let's move on to our deep dive. Fifteen minutes from two thousand one, directed by John Hertzfeld. Um, and starring uh, Bobby D and Eddie Burns and lots of other people who we mentioned at the beginning. Mm. This movie is about um, a celebrity detective in New York City, played by Robert De Niro, who is called to a... It's very difficult to summarize this movie. He's a detective who's investigating a murder in which there was also a fire, so... Edward Burns is a fire marshal who's also investigating it. And we know who committed the murder. It's these two Eastern European guys who used to be criminals, wherever they're coming from, mm. in uh, Czechoslovakia, I guess. And, um, yeah, they are sort of on a homicidal rampage, and they're filming With, their crimes. Yeah. Mm. Because one of them is obsessed with Frank Capra and wants to be a movie director. Yeah. And, He's not uh, making a very Capra-esque movie. No. But... <laughs> He's only seen the one. You right. know, he doesn't have a lot to go on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's 15 minutes. What did you guys... Now, this is a movie... I've seen this movie probably at least half a dozen times. Wow. Um, oh, shit. This was a big one for me back when I was a teenager. And also, the last scene was huge on Blood Scene Night. Um, you know, we take the DVDs over. We watch Blood Scenes from Taxi Driver and all the uh, different uh, wild bunch and things like that. And mm. we would also watch the ending of this because the squid Wait, work is The wonderful. shooting? Like when, it, yeah, when Ed, yeah. Edward Burns shoots? Okay. When he just yes. unloads yes. On, on the The squid work in that scene is terrific, and we really? would watch it a lot. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I did not note that as I this watched it. Scene. I did not This guy does not give work. a fuck about squibs. <laughs> this guy, it could have been digital for all he knows. He doesn't care. This guy. Correct. Well, I mean, the, the thing that you I noticed gross. is like, Wow, Edward Burns is not running out of ammo. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's like I don't know how I many mean, bullets that gun holds. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, like it was like twelve bullets. Yeah, it's, it's like do guns you know, hold twelve bullets. So, yeah, I'm some sure of some them. of them do. We don't know anything about. But guns yeah, it's here. like you know, that's right. Practically Sonny Corleone, this guy. Yeah. You guys like well, how I, I like... use that as a verb? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Got it in multiple times this episode. That's good. Yeah. We're making it a thing. <laughs> that's right. Um, We've really jumped to the end here. Yeah, we did. Is that well? I didn't mean to do that. I was wow. just saying that we watched that ending scene yeah. a lot. Star ratings, children. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what did you guys think of Fifteen Minutes? I liked it quite a lot, actually. Um, like I thought the uh, I thought the whole thing with uh, the back and forth between De Niro and Edward Burns. Edward Burns, uh, somebody who I thought had been in a lot more stuff that I had seen than I, than I ended up finding on Letterboxd when I was yeah. doing the uh, roulette thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought I thought that was really good. Like the co- the whole like you know not quite like you know veteran and rookie, but like two people on like you know doing it this the same thing but working for different people i thought that was really interesting and uh i thought like the whole like celebrity aspect of it was was good and i want to say kelsey fucking grammar 
right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's over the top and ridiculous, and, like, he's really, like, hamming it up quite a bit, but, like, he does it so well. It's like... It's too fucking soft. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm, don't get me wrong. I love Eddie, but we've done him to death. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey Grammer is, uh, it's definitely a departure for him. Mm. It's just like right at the height of Frasier too. I mean, oh yeah, is, yeah. You know, this, yeah. He, this is season not eight or something. So yeah. I mean, I think this is the Billions character, though, right? Maybe. I don't know. Is I've he on Billions? Seen, I don't what? know. Yeah. He's not on Billions. No. What? Was You're right. It's Paul Giamatti. That's... You dumb bastard. He's he's in it. He's in a show <laughs> like that though. He's he on Boss. Own... There was a show called oh, Boss. Yeah, where he's yeah. the mayor of New York or, or Chicago or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, this is That's like okay. before get... his like whole kind of conservative Republican star- start oh, right, of his yeah. career. You don't have to hate him back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do kind of like. Have y'all ever read like his Wikipedia? The, uh, the man, I, I, the man has had some serious tragedy throughout his life. It's like yeah, 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 like like murders, like like horrific accidents that you would only see in like horror movies. Have happened to like his family members and friends. It's like, gee, Jesus, Jesus. It's like I still don't agree with his politics, but like, geez, that poor guy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's one positive. Kevin liked it. Yeah. Jr. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh, of course. Of course. At all. <laughs> uh, yeah. At all. Gee, I thought Kevin. This, uh, I picked it. I picked it. So of course he doesn't like it. <laughs> He hates everything I pick. <laughs> I, I thought this movie was was like all over the place. So, sorry, that's not fair. There are things that I like. There are ideas in this movie that I like, uh, but I constantly felt like the smart ideas in this movie were like butting up against the execution of the way this movie is made. Like it's so, the look of this movie is like so slick. And there's like no darkness, like no shadow ever. And the score is all over the place where at points I'm like, is this a comedy? I don't know what I'm watching. Um, but like all this stuff, like like we're all these ideas with like media exploitation and um, like we basically have like like a pre-influencer culture thing happening. And there's like there's like a little tiny bit about uh, corrupt cops and all, all this stuff. Uh, is if if it had honed in on something a little bit more instead of just like throwing a bunch of ideas at the wall, I I might have liked it more. Um, but I just again doesn't doesn't follow through on anything. Um, it even like uh, you know Eddie or Robert De Niro's cop character, his um, his celebrity status, his his ease with the media is like supposed to be like an oil and water thing with how Edward Burns is like naive to all that. He doesn't want to deal with the media. He doesn't understand that press is like good for his uh, department as his, his boss tells him. Um, And like that, that's like an idea that's presented, but then it like, it, it like kind of pays off an hour later, but they haven't like done it. Like that just goes away until the payoff. It, Development stuff is weird in this for me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm mad at I it. Think, I'm uh, mad at you for picking it. I'm not. <laughs> no. 
no. This this is this was is a movie that like it held me it helped sorry held my interest for two hours because like I I was fascinated by what it's doing it it did not play out like some normal um, you know Hollywood cop thriller um, but it's definitely it played out well. I think the way that it plays out, what you're referring to, I think, uh, which is De Niro's death midway through the film, um, is, you know, I think that's the reason it didn't, I mean, one of the reasons that it sort of uh, is forgotten and didn't do super well, um, critically or I actually, commercially. I wrote, I wrote, De Niro bites it with 45 minutes left? I doubt it. <laughs> I, th- I thought, it, <laughs> thought there was going to be a twist there. The first time I watched it, I remember when I was like 15 or 16, I watched it. I remember thinking, oh, he's not dead. Like, there's no way. They, they didn't kill De Niro. Mm. Like, he's the star of the movie, you know? Yeah. Even though he's, he's sort of not. I mean, but um, yeah, I agree with you about certain aspects of that. Like, the score is awful. It's like really bad. And it's, it is like, it jumps genres a lot. Mm. Like, there's this sort of weird, anytime they're following Emil and Oleg, there's like this weird, uh, like uh, almost like the third man sort of like you know zither mm. Eastern European gypsy well, yeah. music or something. I, it's and like then, they're trying to then, do Eastern European, but it just comes off as like a like like stupid circus. And like I don't yeah. Know. And then other times it's like when they're with the cops, it's like it's like electric guitar and like mm. Lethal Weapon sort of like Eric Clapton kind of stuff. And yeah, it just does. It's gross. The, the score is really really bad. Mm. The first like one the first time. Um, Oleg and what's his face Emil are like in the city like after they've done customs um, and after the credits I, I made a note like like the score went wild and I was like does this movie think that it's sexy like it was trying to do like a, a sexy vibe <laughs> I was like, that, and I, I didn't credits. know if the movie was supposed to be sexy or not at that point mm. you soon found out the opening credits were uh, were very like 2000 2001 also like yeah, i thought yeah, that, like the very digital it's like hollow man sort of yeah. yeah like it was really kind of silly looking um i wasn't into that mm. but i am <clears throat> a sucker for video footage being spliced into a movie i don't don't ask me why but that gets me every time you have a wide screen mm. you know a 185 or a 235 and all of a sudden it just turns into fucking high eight video <laughs> Because we're watching what they're filming, I'm into that shit. I love mm. that. I don't know why it just totally works for me in every way. I love when he's um, when they're first in the apartment uh, with uh, the his their partner from back in the day or whatever, mm. where they want their money from him, and yeah. he's he's like accosting his wife and he's shooting her and he keeps switching all the different effects. Oh yeah, like the different polarization and shit. That's. I don't know. It's some, somehow even more menacing because he's doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I love that shit. So that really worked for me in this movie. Mm. One of the reasons why I, I'll just say I like the movie still. I think it holds up. I was worried it wouldn't, honestly, for me because, and I'll tell you why specifically. When I gave this, when I said we're going to do fifty minutes, the first thing I thought was there's that scene when uh, Edward Burns takes Vera Farmiga back to the apartment and the apartment catches on fire. And I was thinking about that scene and thinking, like, that is such a ludicrously ridiculous scene. And uh, I don't remember, like, how I felt about it when I was a kid. I probably just, like, look right past it, though, because I was like, oh, there's a cool blood squibs at the end, you know? But, um, <laughs> but like, now thinking about it and, and re-watching it, 
uh, that's my least favorite moment in the film. It, it's really goofy and stupid. Uh, I think it's like really dumb that they they just give they give the Emil character this weird like one line backstory about how he knows how to do fire stuff, you know, because his yeah. dad was a fireman. Kind of goofy, kind of easy yeah. easy way out of a of a something that they wrote themselves into a corner, sort of. And uh, that whole scene with the fire, it just seems like it's just a big set piece where they had to get something exciting going but i will say about that fire scene the one great thing about it new york city apartment complex is on fire on location in new york very impressive you would never see that shit today mm. you would never see that it would be digital 100 percent. so i really appreciate that that right. there was actual fire in the streets of manhattan really cool <laughs> <laughs> that scene is like very extreme like the 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 apparent length that Emil went to, to like, oh, this will catch on yeah. fire. This will catch on fire. There's gasoline in the bathtub. Uh, this, uh, you know, maybe he didn't know that the, you know, baby Anton Yelchin would be in danger. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, it's the just idea like that, one the thing idea after that he another would... after another for like 10 minutes. And it's like, geez, right. it's a little he extreme. Puts the, he puts the gas can in the bathtub. Yeah. And it's like the idea that he he knows that she's going to want to pour that gas down the drain. Right. And, blocks and so he the stops drain. up the drains yeah. to fill everything up with gas. I don't know. It's a little convoluted, a little silly. Mm. Um, but I do like I like the image of them watching it happen mm. from the other rooftop. I like yeah. all that. Um, and I will. And I mean, the other thing. OK, so, well, I guess since we're talking about one set piece, I like the other set piece in the film that I really like. Is the foot chase when they first realize when they mm. they go to the salon and they talk to uh, Vera Farmiga, and then those guys are outside and they chase them through the streets mm. and they assault uh, Avery Brooks and the other guy, the Hispanic officer. I like that whole scene a lot too. Mm. I just it feels very sort of unconventional as far as these kinds of movies are concerned, like. The the extent to which Avery Brooks is injured in that scene, mm. the, like he's get tackled and then he like pistol whips him like multiple times. And it's very and brutal. After Avery I Brooks thought, got I thought the cool got sidelined by a taxi. Yeah, yeah. Oh like, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. The the getting clipped by the car thing I thought was really cool. Mm. Um, I love seeing people get hit by cars. Uh, <laughs> the way the way it was filmed through traffic, and yeah. the way that. You know, they didn't all get away with running through traffic. Mm. Uh, I liked. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, and then and, it and ends I, with you know a sniper rifle shot from his pistol. <laughs> Come on, if that's part of the theme of the movie, man, that's the, thematically uh, a rich the, moment. You know, he he's got the gun out, then he lowers it. Yeah, a quick shot. You gotta come back. You gotta go away to come back. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. he says that. <laughs> And then Edward Burns does the same thing at the end. That's the yes, beautiful yes, moment. Yeah, he certainly does. That's the do connection, right? Jr. You don't understand. It's called foreshadowing. This is screenwriting 101. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Sometimes I get. <laughs> no, I've, I've got Lou Hunter's screenwriting 101 on the bookshelf in front of me. Sometimes they get mad when I, when I see that someone read that book as they were writing uh, their scripts. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. I. I mean, I don't. You know, it's whatever. I don't. I think that that yeah, that's like an easy sort of uh, that's obviously like a, like a screenwriting cliche that they've mm-hmm. just sort of dumped in there, and it's not it's not subtle at all. But I do like the uh, close up of the wound that he when he washes it off in the sink in yeah. the next scene. Great, 
great looking. Yeah. And I like the idea Why of you you know, giving him off? that injury. I have to better light the scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have to better light the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's the one thing. The takeaway that I did have from this movie that's different, like that I, I thought that's different from when, you know, when I used to watch it. I always thought Emil, the guy who's doing the killing, He's like completely off the reservation, you know, like mm. he's crazy and he's killing people. But really, Oleg is like way worse, right? Like Oleg has like no emotion about it. Like he's Oleg just concerned has, about his mm. movie. He's disassociated from yeah, reality yeah. In, in this whole trip to America. Uh, I mean, Emil is is crazy in the sense that he like, he doesn't go into the first couple killings like thinking, like wanting to kill somebody. Right, necessarily. And he has he remorse like, loses about his it. temper. Mm. Right, and yeah. he has remorse afterwards. He cries about the first one. Yeah, and I think he might cry. He cries while he's killing the hooker. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is like the the characters. And I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to go too far with this. This is a sort of, you know, mildly goofy thriller from the early two thousands. But the characters are are nuanced for this yeah, kind yeah, of a movie. Yeah. I mean, they, the fact that yeah. the fact that Edward Burns and De Niro are both vulnerable human beings. Edward Burns cries in this movie at the at the funeral of De Niro, and De Niro is nervous about proposing to his girlfriend, which is a mm-hmm. weird choice uh, for like a tough guy cop character. Give me something, Jr. Give me something. Uh, well, <laughs> no, this this movie is concerned with giving like with adding layers to these characters. Yeah, it just it just doesn't pay off those layers. Like especially like Robert De Niro, like the first time we meet him, he's got that. Like we've just been told that he's a functional alcoholic, basically by yeah, uh, by Kelsey Grammer. He dumps his head in the sink. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and we see he's got the ring. We don't know yet that the person he wants to propose to is the reporter that you know asks him a bunch of shit all the time, um, and it's like the only thing like we get from this whole like like besides just like yeah robert de niro is a person outside of his celebrity detective status we just get like some like rom-com style suspense with the ring and like is he gonna pull it like is she, what's gonna happen um when he's gonna propose and it's it, that so that scene ends up uh just silly i it's that it's part of like the whole thing like we can't settle on a tone here um like they do want to give these characters some serious beats, um, and they do give nuance to the villains. Mm. But I still think the way the villain scenes are are filmed, and like we got more like canted angles with them, and um, and the silly music again that I'm just never gonna let go. <laughs> and it just I think uh, Carol Carl Roden he just goes, you know, you talk. Talk to me about Will Smith crying, and you're okay with Carol Roden the way that he fucking cries is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, okay. that obviously, and that's a joke. But Carol wrote comparing Carol Roden in this movie to anything Will Smith has ever done is ridiculous I, because I Carol Roden is not—he's a character actor. Mm. You know what I mean? He's a yeah. television character actor. He, like the guy's on he's prison going, break and shit. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's going not so. He's going so big. Every everything that he's doing, like like when he gets mad, he loses his temper. He's going yeah. to eleven every time. I enjoy watching it though. I mean, I'll, I agree with you. I think it's not controlled at all, mm. but I think that 
it's it's a lot of fun to watch and i think both of them i think both of them do a good job with that like both of them are very entertaining characters and i especially like um when they like when they arrest carol roden for the first time and he's like screaming about you know uh I forget what he's saying. He's just yelling and yelling. You know, he's yelling different shit. Like all that's just like he's very animated, and it's entertaining. You know, mm. this is a, this is an entertaining movie <laughs> to me. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree to that. Like uh, for me, like I, I think like once De- once De Niro dies, like the movie does kind of fall apart. Like, and especially like you know. Like I, I get like what they're trying what they're trying to do, like the whole like uh you know, this guy, you know, killed people and now he's a millionaire, you know, best selling artist and so like Emil is like, Oh, you know, this is America, you know, so they're kinda like getting, you know, some social commentary in on that. But it just takes too long to get finally to where Edward Burns' character finally does kill Emil and like yeah like that that last you know I don't know if it's exactly halfway in the movie but like once De Niro once that character dies then the movie kind of like is just all over the place until it finally ends and like that was my biggest problem with the movie like besides you know the score but um I think yeah, it's a movie it more it's like cohesive a, and shorter then it would have been so much better I think it's one of like the, one of the themes of the, I mean the theme of the film, like the, I mean what it's called fifteen minutes, like the theme of the film is, mm. like the relationship between the media and sensationalism or criminals, really. I mean, like it's just you know it's all about these criminals thinking, okay, now we're in America, this is the way America works because we're seeing it on television, we're reading it in the newspaper, like mm. this guy who killed people is getting money. This guy on the Roseanne show has no responsibility for what he does, mm. and they and I'll grant you that the script lays that on really thick in those scenes. Like, you you see that scene in Roseanne show, and then Carol Roden has to say it like out loud, like "I love America." You're not responsible for anything, you know. Yeah. But it's like, but you know, I don't know. I again, I forgive it for things like that because it's of what the the film is. You know, if this was a drama, I would say that's a ridiculous line like well, no uh, why would you, you know, we don't need the character to say that and we don't need the character to say that in an action thriller either but it is an action thriller so yeah. i don't really care as much but part of my my issue is that it, it it just at times seems to think it's a drama mm. and maybe that's just what I, what i'm putting on it like if we if we go back to let's go back to the beginning uh with david Do Alan it. greer um, <laughs> yes the guy who tries to mug definitely not a drama portion of the film right right so <laughs> so like i'm i'm thinking in that moment okay so like i'm i'm going to get like a goofy buddy cop thing now uh just because that scene where he tries to mug Edward Burns and you know he's he's very David Allen Greer about how that goes mm-hmm. and I, mean, I think i generally like David Allen Greer um but it's just like it's just so goofy and uh, to bring David Allen Greer back in the way that they do, in like a much more serious way, mm. they just like, it just like in that moment, and how Edward Burns reacts to that moment is just, it's almost like it wants to be a drama. But um, see, do I you feel, forgive... I, I read. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was gonna say I read the 
both of the scenes with David Allen Greer as comedic. I think the, the the second scene when he shows up in the suit, it's like it's funny because the the obviously his his lawyer or Kelsey Grammer or whoever has told him you need to represent yourself yeah. as being you know like an upstanding citizen, and he even says like I came up and I asked this gentleman for for money politely you know and he's like retelling the story and it's goofy and uh yeah i don't know i just read i, I think it's not, overly not comedic, all firefighters maybe. are like this right exactly yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i i mean i if, if there was I don't, know, I don't know my i'm losing track of my thoughts my thoughts are all over the place right now mm. um but okay so and then we got oleg's oleg's death you know he oleg who has been shot by by emil because uh, Oleg didn't get famous from the movie or from the tape that he made, Emil did, um, and he's he's unhappy about that, of course. So when he gets shot and he does the performative death, it's yeah. just such a jarring scene after you know Edward Burns has gone to like his dark place to shoot Emil. Uh, I agree with who, that. Who and Emil has like taken a hostage. The reporter who doesn't get shit to do the whole movie, and of course she's there just to be a hostage at the end. Um, and it's, it's she convinces it's him to do it though. Yeah, right. Shorty, I mean, she's him. the one screaming at him. Yeah, shoot him, shoot this piece of shit. Yeah. Just do it, you know. Sure, but okay. also yeah, that, that's her agency. I, I, okay. Uh, yeah, that is that is. Uh, as for Oleg's character, I I agree. I don't I don't like the fake death thing of it, like him coming back and saying, "How was that." And I really don't like Kelsey Grammer's weirdly passionate delivery of that was great. Like, he seems like he's genuinely saying that was great, which, yeah. you know, it definitely wasn't. But I love, love the shot of the Statue of Liberty panning back and you see his face and he says a film by Oleg Razgul and it comes up on the screen. Yeah. Oh, that, that was awesome. Yeah. That rules. That's yeah. so good. Impossible that, in the moment, but I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care either. And I, and I, I, wish, that was, I wish that was his death. I wish he died that way. Honestly, I almost wish the movie ended with that. <laughs> like, oh, like, and then just, you know, fade to black. Yeah, we don't, I did I think Kelsey Grammer gets punched out after that. Yeah, he does. He does. I think he stands back up, yeah. Um, I don't need him to get punched that. out, though. That's and, you know, if the movie had ended there with Oleg's name on his uh, consumer-grade camera credits... Uh, then we would not have had the new metal cover of Fame in the end credits. And <laughs> that's I also playing. That's also playing during the uh, scene when he's in the the weirdo bar. Hmm. Like he's in the bar okay. watching the television newscast of Emil getting rich. Oh yeah. And he like they have that shot of his hand like like becoming a fist. <laughs> this is class. This is great great direction. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I have. I don't have any other notes except for uh, Eddie Winslow is in this movie from Family Matters. Oh yeah, Matters. I've recognized him too. Plays the young, the young rookie detective. Um, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Kim Cattrall is in it for some reason. Like she One, has like no five no scenes to be in this yeah. movie. Yeah, she's just there to be the uh, the executive that doesn't get along with uh, with Kelsey. Right, and Charlie Theron has one scene right. where she's the, uh, the madam escort lady. Yeah. So yeah, I did read on the IMDb it. trivia that uh, she did that as a favor to John Hertzfeld, the director. I don't know. Right. Have we mentioned his name? Uh, yeah, he's he directed Two Days in the Valley that she's in. Yeah. Yeah. Have you and seen Two Days in the Valley, JR? No. It's not any good. 
but well, it's, I don't it's know. cool if that you she didn't was, like this. She was speaking uh, Afrikaans in, uh, yeah, in her scene. I, re- I read that too. Yeah, so um, I don't know. This one, uh, this is just a, uh, you know, I, I, I remember thinking while I was watching it, Jar's probably not going to like this, but I was just seeing certain things. I was like, hey, he might, I don't know, I might win him over. I don't know. <laughs> but I knew it was too messy for you. I knew it. I was like, well, I was like, this is just way too, it's all over the place. He's not going to like this. But it works I, for me, man. I love but it. But I guess I'm, so I, I I don't know what's going on. I guess I was, why was I taking it so seriously? <laughs> like, it's not it's not presenting itself as serious, and I'm getting mad when it's not being serious, but it, that's all in my head. I don't know what's wrong with me. You just got to relax, man. I you do. Know, I don't, maybe I just, maybe I just saw Edward Burns in that fucking pink wig on Vera Farmiga, and I was just like, we can't have this. <laughs> we cannot have this. Uh, I do think the, um, the, the, uh, yeah, we have. Vera from I think Vera Farmiga, you know, she's like, she's fine in the movie, whatever, but, mm-hmm. Like that that whole angle too, like the romantic angle between them is that's that's another like maybe if I had a major issue with the movie, it would be her and the fact that Edward Burns is obviously just wants to fuck her, you know, because she's hot and uh, yeah. they're not. I mean, they have nothing in common. Like, why would they? Mm-hmm. You know, they like they're not going to fall in love. But in that she's really into him too for some reason, and there's no explanation of why that would be, except for he that was, he's hot he too. Was the good, he was good cop. Yeah, Ramiro oh, right, was yeah. mean cop. Mm. He was nice cop. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, but um, you know. Well, and that's the the movie, <laughs> like her presence in the movie, is like necessary for the uh, for the plot to go on, but in the apartment, you know. She, Vera Farmiga was showering while um, Oleg and Emil killed the like other two people in the apartment, and right. then she like escapes. But they they immediately f- notice that she's illegal, so like oh so she's not gonna tell anyone. But I guess we need to go kill her anyway. Yeah, why not? It's like it, they it go seems warn like her. A lot. Of... They go warn her. They don't kill sure. her. They don't want to kill her. They it's, threaten to kill her. The. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It seems little, seems yeah. like. Things didn't have to escalate the way they did, but you know, I, I, that's that's a major nitpick, and that's not a problem in the movie. This movie is uh, another in a long line of movies about this sort of subject matter, like Natural Born Killers, Nightcrawler. And I was trying to think of others, and I could not think of any others, but I'm sure there are. Or like with the other movies about the media and criminals and violence and. Well, not so well, Things not so like much that. about like uh, criminals and violence, but like with De Niro being in it, I was reminded a lot of uh, Wag the Dog. Yeah, sure. Like the manipulation of yeah, media, yeah, yeah. sure, or the manipulation of media of people. Mm. Yeah, isn't okay. uh, that's good. I haven't seen this, but isn't De Niro in Showtime also? He is in Showtime. Yeah, that's about an actor who like becomes his partner or something. Now I'm thinking of that James Woods movie. What no, is, what is Showtime about? Isn't Showtime um, like Eddie Murphy, a, right? No, I thought, I thought it was a, uh, fuck. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm thinking. I'm mixing it up with the score. Oh, um, oh, the I was, score. I was thinking it was uh, Edward Norton. Uh, the, the score is not like this. I was thinking Edward no. Norton was like a, a ride along, like cop researching a role. Um, no, there is a movie like that called uh, Doc. No, um, uh, 
Holly, no, well, there's Hollywood Homicide, which might be about that, but there's also the Michael J. Fox movie, Michael J. Fox and James Woods, and Michael J. Fox is an actor researching a role, and he, like, rides along with James Woods. Mm. I forget okay. what it's called. Robert De Niro is in Showtime with Eddie Murphy and Renee right. Russo, and that is uh, two, two cops are forced to team up for a reality show, a reality oh, cop show. There you go. There you go. Bingo. Sounds like a winner. Mm. Sounds like it's on HBO Max. I might watch it. Sounds just as serious as this. No. <laughs> William Shatner. Must miss. William Must Shatner. Miss. Oh, yeah. Shatner was on uh, Stern. I listened to a whole episode of Stern, and he was on there talking about that movie. Hey, um, The Hard Way is that movie with um, Michael J. Fox and James Woods. Mm, okay. The Hard Way. It's from 1991. John Batten. One thing all these movies that we've mentioned have had in common, the ones I've seen, uh, is that I don't like them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I like Natural Born Killers, but, I mean, you know, I understand why you wouldn't. <laughs> all right, did, let's do... Uh, like oh, I'm sorry, let's do ratings. Do what? Did you guys like Nightcrawler? I think I gave Nightcrawler a four, and I regret it every day of my life, because <laughs> I... Rem- like, I'm thinking about it now, I don't like it. Yeah. But... At the time, I don't know, I was, like, uh, enamored with the whole... I guess I bought into the... Jake Gyllenhaal's giving a great performance here because he's screaming a lot and freaking out and being weird. But um, I've moved past that in my life. Mm. And I haven't brought myself to rewatch it. I haven't seen it. I think Blake said that he enjoyed it, but... uh, You know... (laughs) Wasn't for me. I, uh, you know, I don't believe in American sen- sensationalizing violence. Mm. It's incorrect. Mm. Yeah, I gave it a four. I, I, this is gross. I might spread this rating. <laughs> I don't. I don't like this. This feels embarrassing to me. Mm. Well, is that 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 breaks a rule, right? Don't you have to rewatch it? I'm just kidding. I, I, yeah. I wish that up on you. I did. Uh, I made up for it. I made up for it when I watched Roman J. Israel Esquire and gave it a two and a half. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, Dan Gilroy sucks. Um, it does. Velvet Buzzsaw is a fucking joke. Mm. <laughs> I never, I did not watch Me that. Uh, I, I also thought Tom Ford directed that for the longest time for some reason. Ah. I don't know why. I just assumed <laughs> Tom Ford directed it. Um, okay, 15 minutes ratings. Uh, 3.75. I'm going full four. Cool. I'm going a full two. Full two. <laughs> full two. <laughs> All right. I and think it's uh, John Hersfeld's uh, best movie, even though I've only seen two of his films. Oh, well. But it's uh, apparently I forgot to, up there for me. forgot to log this bitch last night. Um, you dumb bastard. <laughs> wait. I don't even know. Like, if I were to pick another John Hertzfeld movie... Two days in the two valley. Two days in the valley. Yeah, that's the only other one, really. Mm. It's like not the escape plan sequel that he made. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't watch that. I, I I've heard good things about Don King only in America because um, Ving Rhames is in it as Don King, and he's he he won the uh, Golden Globe and then gave it to Jack Lemmon on the stage. Oh right, yeah. Wow. Out of respect. Sure. Really cool moment. It's on YouTube if you want to check yeah. it out. <laughs> it's, it is cool though. Um, yeah, I'd watch, uh, I, I mean, I don't think Two Days in the Valley is terrible, it's just, I mean, it's not, it's kind of like, of its time, like, really bad. Mm. It's like a post-Tarantino, um, 
talky, you know, yeah. crime thing. Gotcha. It's like things to do in Denver when you're dead or uh, Kiss of Death or one of these kinds of movies, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, so let's do Letterbox Roulette All right. with 15 minutes. Which is, so I'm going to roll the dice. Charlize Theron is, is number two on the cast list here, right. which is... Silly. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. But you know what? We we don't ask questions. We just no, bow yeah. to the will of the letterbox roulette. Here you go. You guys see this? Right. Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I press it? Uh, no. There we go. There you go. Oh, yep. And again. every fucking that is such horseshit. I think you need a new app, man. No. I just pressed it like five times, and it went to a different number every time. And then the minute <laughs> I'm ready to do it, it does. Yeah. Okay, it literally just did four five times in a row. I do need to find a different now. Anyways, we'll do three, though, for now. Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Yeah. If Frasier counted, I would win, but Frasier's not on here. But there's some, like, Frasier, like, uh, like behind-the-scenes thing that's on Letterboxd. Wow. Really? I probably have seen that. Let me you see. You know, this Analyzing guy, the laughter? Mm, I have seen that. <laughs> he is a television actor. Yeah, definitely. And apparently in The Expendables 3. Mm. Holy shit. I knew that. He's also in X-Men 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beast. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. Great casting. He's a All right, what's your... Uh, yeah, lay on the numbers, man. What are, what are our numbers? What are they looking like here? Six. Uh, Six? Nice. I'm at five. Sorry, guys. I'm at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. I saw Neighbors 2 at the drive-in. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have Neighbors 2 from Netflix right now. I didn't... Oh, son of a... Didn't know he was up, in bro. this. Should have got it in. <laughs> should have. Yeah. You really should have. Where's... I've also seen Down Periscope. I, get you, I guess, bet you guys haven't seen that. <laughs> uh, hold, wait, hold on. I'm looking for that. Oh, there it is. Where is that? It, it's like kind I of... Have, I have down. seen Down Periscope. Oh, you got a market, but, bud. Oh, I got a, I got a market. How is Down Periscope not on like the top two rows? Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. What, what is this? This is an order by popularity, meaning like the most logs. I guess. Probably. Okay, that makes I, sense. That Toy Story Two is number right. one. I legitimately cannot find Down Periscope. It's uh, uh, four down on the yeah. right. Fourth row, oh, last one on the fourth row. I'm marking it as watch because I liked this as a kid a lot. Down Periscope yeah, and um, was it Mikhail's, Mikhail's Navy? Navy? Yes, mm. yes. I and Sergeant feel like Bilko. those came out the same year. And I, what a, well, Sergeant Bilko. Also, I watched that a lot, but you know the uh, I feel like Down Periscope and Mikhail's Navy were both Navy things, right? Yeah, but they were all military. All three of them were military movies, comedies. So loved, loved all three. I liked uh, actually quite awful. Down Periscope was my favorite one out of the three, but Mm. who knows now? Yeah, is Um, Mikhail's Navy was a TV show too, right? Yeah, Sergeant Bilko. Yes, and Tom Arnold was the lead in the movie. Yeah. God, Tom Arnold was was God when I was eight. Thriving for a second. That makes sense. Um, okay, so uh, for Letterbox Roulette, we're going out of 3,570, and the number is, for you guys who have to watch this, 307. Three. Ooh. Oh. This is an early That's number. Some, uh, yeah. We're, we're in, like, important canon still there. Damn, I've fuck. got it. You guys ready? Fuck. Oh, yeah. He's not excited about this one. Mm. It might be too long, though. It's Red Desert. 
um, no, it's by like, Antonio. It's only two hours. No, it's only two hours. Oh, you're, you want to do something else? No. It's been a very long time since I've Kevin hasn't seen this. No, I haven't. Uh, yeah. Antonio I would consider is, rewatching this. I don't like this movie, but I would, might watch it again. I don't know. It might be Antony, good on a second watch. Yeah. He's the kind of guy where I know that I should rewatch his stuff because I am dismissive of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. We're watching this. It's on HBO Max and Criterion Channel right now, apparently. So there's no excuse. <laughs> Red Desert. And it, you know, it's like it's 1964 and it has Monica Vitti. We yeah. will be okay. Worst case scenario, you get to look at Monica Vitti for two hours. Right, yeah. I think you said that was the best part of the movie. It's not a bad deal. She if she probably is. I don't it's been a long time. I haven't seen this movie since I was I was in my early twenties when I watched this movie. I watched this movie because um we were taking uh existentialism in at LSU and our professor was telling us that he watched like about movies that he's seen and that he uh like he was telling us like he watches movies with his wife, and his wife sometimes talks during the films, and it annoys him, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> and uh, and he said that when they were watching Red Desert, that she kept commenting on the color, the use of color. <laughs> and I, so I was like, oh, yeah. And, he's, and he's, he kept saying it was uh, Antonioni's first color film. So I was like, well, I will have to watch that, even though I've only seen one Antonioni movie at the time. Right. <laughs> so. Well, all I can so. say is um, at least we didn't land on Zabriskie Point. Which I hate. And I uh, wish you would have, because I would have watched that, because I haven't seen that. Really? I mean, I remember it might have been. No, maybe it wasn't one of the last times he was on here. But like, Jonathan had nothing but bad things to say about that movie. <laughs> yeah, he hated it. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. All right. Um, next week, it's also our next time. It's also Jr.'s pick. Hmm. Jr. hinted that he might be going. Japanese with this one. Yeah. Lay it on us. Um I'm 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 bringing out one of my one of my big boys. I've been, I've been saving this one. Um mostly because I love it so much and I'm I'm scared of people hating it. But uh but that's okay. I I deserve I deserve it if you guys hate it. <laughs> Based on how much of a bitch I am, <laughs> uh, we so hate yeah, all my picks. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa mm. and uh, the 2001 horror masterpiece Pulse. Oh, Pulse! That's in your uh, favorites on Letterboxd. Yeah, yeah, that's a big I one. I love this movie. It's on a uh, canopy right now. Oh, great. And uh, so easy, easy for for us to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully it doesn't look like garbage on Canopy. We'll we'll see. Should we rewatch? Should we watch the remake? Yeah, I might. Yeah. I might. You know, I. I've not seen it. I love Kristen Bell. Um, it's probably god awful. There's also a 1988 film called Pulse. An intelligent pulse of electricity moves from house to house, terrorizing occupants and their appliances. Mm. You know? That sounds cool. <laughs> That's That sounds, I mean, that sounds wild. Mm. I might check that out, too. Okay. Right. Okay. Kristen Bell and Ian Summerholder. 
I like Ian Summerholder. He's in one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh. Rules of Attraction. Oh, yeah. This director of the remake has only made this film and nothing else. Mm. So it didn't. Uh, it didn't do well. It did not do well. Yeah. Man, remember when remaking J-Hard movies was like big business for like? Oh years? yeah, man. That was crazy. I what do remember time. that. Dark Water. Hey, uh, apparently with Jennifer uh, Connelly. That movie exists. Octavius. Yeah. <laughs> That movie is made by uh, Walter Salas too. That's what this was really weird about it. Like a like yeah. a weird art house director made it. Like, <laughs> um, Octavia Spencer's in the remake, so mm. she right. she plays landlady. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, where uh, where's that where's that streaming? Oh, the, a new one. I don't even, yeah. I just exited out of it. <laughs> oh, it. Uh, on HBO Max, so I will be watching. Oh, okay. The 90-minute remake directed by Jim Sub-Zero as well. Jim Sub-Zero and his partner Scorpion. Okay, uh, <laughs> so we will uh, be back talking Pulse and uh, also Red Desert next time. Until then, visit our website, filmnetpodcast.com. Write to us at filmnetpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, see you later. Goodbye. I can probably get through two hours of that Beatles bullshit right now if I turn it on.